0: Ephesians chapter 5 we will be reading verses 1 through 14 give you a minute to meet me in Ephesians 5 the text reads like this Paul writes therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must, must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you.
1: Female to be licensed as a watchmaker in the Netherlands. Cory Ten Boom's father taught her everything he knew about watchmaking but when it came to the business side of their family shop the business side came a little bit more naturally to her than it did to him and so we read when the family was in extreme financial need she observed her father and a wealthy customer the wealthy man had decided to to purchase a costly timepiece with cash that would have met all their needs. But as her father was handling the money, the customer explained that he was buying the watch because a young competitor couldn't fix his old watch. Corey's father asked to see it, opened it, made a slight adjustment, and that handed it back, saying, "There, that was a very little mistake. It'll be fine now. Sir, I, I trust that young watchmaker. Someday he'll be just as good as his father. So if you ever have a problem with one of his watches, come to me. I'll help you out. Now I'll give you back your money and you return my watch." Corey watched, horrified, as she saw the exchange. And then observed her father open the door for the man and bow deeply in his old-fashioned way. She flew at her father in reproof, only to be herself reproved by his patient regard through his steel-rimmed glasses and his gentle question, Corrie, what do you think that young man would have said when he heard that one of his good customers had gone to Mr. Tenboom? Do you think the name of the Lord would have been honored? As for the money, Corrie, trust the Lord. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he will take care of us. We continue our series in Ephesians this morning. And Paul has been urging the Ephesian church and the Hoylachian church to ensure that our lives... Match the new life that we received when we became believers on the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember back in chapter 4, Paul compared our new self, our new identity in Christ, to a new set of clothes. And Paul has spent the last three passages saying, Match your walk with your wardrobe. That is, match your conduct with your new identity. In the Lord Jesus Christ, that if you've been made righteous, then be righteous. That if you've been clothed with holiness, then be holy in all of your conduct. Paul told us last week that we are now God's beloved children. That's who we are. That's our new identity. That's our new self as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he told us how we're to walk as beloved children of God. And this week, Paul tells us that we are also light. Light in the Lord. That's who we are. We're not just a bunch of people who fancy a sing-song on a Sunday morning. Uh, We're not just a bunch of religious members of a a religious club. We are light in the Lord. That's our new self. That's our new identity. That's who we are, light in the Lord. Look at verse 8. Paul writes, for at one time you were darkness. Notice that. He doesn't say you were in darkness he gets to our identity and he says, no, 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 you were darkness. But now, verse 8, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk, behave, live, act, conduct yourself according to what Jesus Christ has made you. And in today's passage, Paul will tell us how, how we can walk as children of Light. Now, listen, I know for some of us, this whole match your walk with your wardrobe thing is getting old. This is the fourth sermon in a row with that sermon title. But to those of you who are rolling your eyes on the inside, can I ask you, have you arrived in your Christian life yet? Does your walk perfectly match? your wardrobe and your identity in Jesus Christ? And is Hoylake flooded in the light of Jesus Christ yet? Well, friends, if not, then maybe we need more teaching on Christian living, not less teaching on Christian living. And surely you're mature enough as a believer to know that the more you grow in Christ-likeness, the more you find your need Grow and the more you walk in holiness, the more unholiness you see in your life, and therefore, surely, friends, we need more instruction, more teaching, more counsel on how we can live and match our walk with our wardrobe. Now, we're gonna slice our passage in half today, and in each half of this message, we're gonna find uh, one negative command and one positive command. That helps us to discover how we can walk as children of light. First, refuse and discern. Refuse and discern. Look at verses 7 to 10. How are we to walk as children of light negatively? We're to refuse something and positively we're to discern something. Verse 7. Therefore, do not become Partners with them, them being the sons of, of disobedience, whom Paul had just mentioned before. Verse 8 For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If at the end of a, a jog, Somebody asked you, hey, when it comes to jogging, uh, which is the most important, the left leg or the right leg? Uh, wh- what would you say? Well, in exactly the same way, both the negative command and the positive command here function as two Legs, the left leg and the right leg, as we seek to walk as children of light. Negatively, we are to refuse partnerships with those who are darkness. That is, we're to refuse partnership with them in their sinful lifestyles. Let me show that to you. Go back to verse 5, which Michael just read for us. Verse 5, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetousness, that that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, Therefore... Do not become partners with them. That is, do not become partners with the sexually immoral in their sexual immorality. Do not become partners with the impure in their impurity. And do not become covetous with the covetous in, in that sin because that is idolatry. Please understand, it's not don't have sexually immoral Colleagues. It's not, don't have impure neighbors. It's not, don't have siblings or don't associate with siblings who are covetous because then you would have to leave the world. But it is, don't match your walk with their wardrobe. That if they are darkness, don't walk in darkness. You are light in the Lord. That if they are the sons of disobedience, do not walk in disobedience. You are beloved children. That's who you are. So live out your identity. And so those are the partnerships that we are to reject. But friends, very practically, I will say this. The closer you become with unbelievers... The easier it can become to partner with them in their lifestyles. The more your heart is knit to theirs, and the more their lifestyle becomes normal to you, and the less of a stand you take, the easier it will be for your walk to match their wardrobe. It is a thousand times easier to be pulled downstream to hell than it is for you to swim upstream to heaven with them. And therefore, friends, it is not don't have relationships with unbelievers, it is be careful lest you partner with them in their lifestyles. And therefore, I'll say to one and to all, do not be unequally yoked or tethered or bound With unbelievers. Why? For what partnership. There's our word. Has righteousness with lawlessness. Or what fellowship has light with darkness. What accord has Christ with Belial. Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever. What agreement has the temple of God with idols. For we are the temple of the living God. As God said I will make my. Dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their gods and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And so let's say against all of the advice of your believing family and friends and church family, you you marry that unbeliever. ...that you're currently dating. And let's say that the Lord blesses you with children. And let's say those children have their brains fried a little bit... ...at the end of a long day at school. And then you, you pull out the family Bible and you, you start to seek to teach them. But then because of their tiredness they begin to whine... ...and they begin to moan and they begin to resist and complain a little bit. Would you like a spouse in that moment who will be on your side or their side... In that moment. Or let's say when those adorable faces become. Mournzy teenagers. No offense to you all. morny teenagers. And on a Sunday morning they say. I don't want to go to church. (laughs) Would you prefer a husband in that moment. Who will take the lead. And say to your children. Get your shoes on. It's Sunday. Church is what we do today. What would you prefer? The Christian life. And Christian marriage. And Christian parenting is hard enough when both the husband and wife are on the same page. Never mind when one is darkness and when one is light. Never mind when one is swimming downstream to hell and the other swimming upstream to heaven. And therefore, if we're going to refuse to partner with unbelievers in their lifestyles, then we need to be as innocent as doves and as wise as serpents when it comes to our proximity with unbelievers. Get the connection. And therefore, friend, maybe it is time that you did have that conversation with that unbelieving colleague of yours whom you love, but is engaging right now in a sexual lifestyle that will bring upon them the wrath of God in the end because you have earned the right to speak. You've done that. And they know that you're not a member of Westboro Baptist Church. And yet you haven't yet told them that God has a claim on their body because he made it. And maybe it's time you did draw a line in the sand with that unbeliever with whom you are too close because if you're with Jesus, they cannot be with you until they're with Jesus. Flirt to convert doesn't work. Well, that's all part of the negative aspect of walking as children of light. We're to refuse partnerships with those who are darkness. Positively, though, end of verse eight, walk as children of light. Verse nine, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Now, we might stumble, we might trip over that phrase there, Fruit of light. Uh, It it sounds like a a pick and mix assortment of of metaphors. But it is actually beautiful. Because it's describing the outworking of both God's upright character and God's truth. And Paul is saying here to the Ephesian church and to the Hoylachian church as well. By that definition... By that standard, we are to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. We're to ask of the opportunities before us, the ventures, the hobbies, the hopes, the aspirations that we have. Does this fit with God's holy character and with God's moral truth? Or would this be shown to be foul in the light of his character and truth. And friends, I really want to say this to us this morning. Discerning what is pleasing to the Lord works so much better in community rather than it does isolation. Why do I say that? Because when your Christian life boils down to you and YouTube in an echo chamber, what is pleasing to the Lord ends up becoming what is pleasing to you. That's how algorithms work. Very, very quickly, what is pleasing to the Lord just so happens to be what's pleasing to you. He seems to approve of everything that you approve of. And he seems to disapprove of everything that you disapprove of. But when you're rooted and grounded in a church, surrendered to God's words and you walk side by side with mature godly believers who shine in the Lord Jesus Christ then their example and their experience and their wisdom as believers will help you to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Why? Because chances are they've been where you are. And if you're Christian life if your walk of faith right now isn't where it ought to be the most mature people in this congregation they will not humiliate you You, they will not condemn you they will not shame you instead what they will do is point you to the crucified one to the one who is pierced for our transgressions to the one who is bruised for our iniquities to the one whose blood covers a multitude of sins and they will minister the hope of the gospel to you until you're able to sing on the top of your voice, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. And you'll be free to shine for the Lord like they do. Friends, that's my hope for you. That's my hope for one and all in this church. And therefore, friends, can I say this? Fall in love with the family of God. And walk side by side with the most mature people in this congregation who have the light of heaven shining from their faces already. Walk as children of light. How are we to do that? Well, we're to refuse and we're to discern. But second, we're to abstain and expose. Abstain and expose. Look at verses 11 to 14. Paul writes there take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says awake O sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. How are we to... Walk as children of light. Well, negatively, again, we're to abstain. And positively, we are to expose. We're to to abstain. We're to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Because whereas the fruit of light produces everything that is good and right and true, the works of darkness are unfruitful. Uh, The only thing they're good for... And the only kind of fruit that they produce is the fruit of death. And that goes for all of the sins that Paul described last week that were rife in Asia in the first century and are rife in Britain in the 21st century. Sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness, filthiness, foolish talk, crude joking. Remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 6? He said, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free. In regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages or we could even say the fruit of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And since the works of darkness are too shameful for us to speak of, never mind expose, we are to then positively expose them. We're to show them for what they are. We do that by the light of our words. And we do that by the light of our works. Both our speech and our conduct. Now, friends... There is in this an enormous challenge and a great encouragement for us as well. The challenge for us is this. If the unfruitful works of darkness are not being exposed by our words and by our works, it is either because we are ashamed of the light of Christ and we're hiding it or they've been reduced to flickering lights and weak embers. That instead of our works and our words shining a floodlight on sin our words and our works rather resemble the sparks that fly from a cigarette lighter they are gone in a third of a second. Friends, we cannot be okay with that. Too much is at stake. If we are okay with being ashamed of the light of Christ, which some of us are in this room, then we will be damned. And so will those be who surround us. Jesus said, for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father and with his holy angels i remember hearing a a story about a pastor that i've benefited so much from over the years he's a he is a natural evangelist he's a he's an extrovert to the nth degree he just shares the gospel so naturally as he goes about his day and he's a real example in that. But once, he was on a, he was on a, a flight, uh, flying from one city to another. And he got talking to the, the passenger who was next to him and, and they, they hit it off. They didn't stop talking uh, for the duration of the entire flight. And in the airport, on the, on the other side of the flight, the unbeliever looked at him, held out his hand to shake his hand, and he said, anyway, great to meet you. I'm just so glad you weren't one of those born-again Christian types that I always get stuck next to on flights. Anyway, great to meet you, see you later. And he and he walked away, and that was that. Friends, if Jesus has made us light, let us take every opportunity to shine for him and to hell with the consequences. This isn't to blow my own trumpet or anything like that at all. Believe me when I say I struggle in this as much as, all of you do in this room, because I'm proud. But with this sermon bouncing around my head and my heart this past week, whenever I would walk to the co-op or, or walk back home, uh, instead of putting my earplugs in and, and listening to a, a podcast, I would just grab a few of those uh, leaflets that we printed at the beginning of this year uh, that summarized the gospel and just invite people to join us on, on a Sunday. And I just started giving them out people and trying to engage them in conversation and it was really hard I approached one man and I said sorry can I just give this to you and he said what is it and I said oh well I'm, I'm one of the members at uh, Hoy Lake Evangelical Church and, and before I could go any further uh, he just said oh that's nice and just walked away and, and, and you feel like a wally but friends I would be sooner shamed by the world than I would be ashamed Of Jesus Christ, and may that be so for all of us here. But there's an encouragement here, because Paul tells us what can happen when God's light does expose the unfruitful works of darkness. Just go back to verse 13. There, Paul says, "But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. That is, it's seen for what it really is." But then, but then, verse 14: "For anything that becomes light is visible." Uh, it, 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 sorry, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What's Paul saying? Well, Paul is saying there is a twofold power in light. It exposes and it illuminates. And therefore, when God's light shines from us, not only is sin seen for what it is, but sinners can be transformed into light themselves. That's what happened to you when your sin was exposed and when the light of Christ shone into your heart. That's when you were transformed. If you were with us last Sunday evening, you you heard me share the, the testimony of a woman who was lost in darkness, as some of you are here today, Rosaria Butterfield. She said that back in her old uh, lesbian feminist English professor days, she said all of the posts that she would receive could be neatly sorted into two piles on her desk. There would be hate mail on the one side and there would be fan mail on the other side. But one day she she got a letter from a a pastor called Ken that didn't fit into either pile. He was responding to an article that she just posted in a, in a local newspaper and his letter was full of grace and truth. And it ended with an invitation to come to his house and to share a meal with, with he and his family uh, at the end of uh, a day. And so she came and she, she, she was there for that meal and they, they, they got talking and she kept coming back and she went back again. And over the course of the year, the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ had not only exposed her sin, but had radically transformed her into a beacon of light. And Christ shone upon her and she awoke from the dead and, and, and she shone for Christ as she still does to this day. And so as I close, can I give you believers one final word of, of, of exhortation? And it's this. Get as close to Jesus as you can every day. Now, why, why do I say that? Well, because the closer you are to his light, the more you'll shine it out to others. Just to go back to the children's talk, if Jesus is the sun and if we are the moon, then we will reflect less and less and less of his light the more we drift into outer space. But if we come near to his light in the word and in secret prayer and as we gather together as believers on the Lord's day, the more of his light will shine on our faces and the more his light will shine from our faces as well. And therefore, friends, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, let us go from one degree of glory to another. But to those of you unbelievers, and let me just say, it is wonderful to see you here today. It really is. You're in the right place because the light of the Lord Jesus Christ shines from his word and shines from his people. But will you wake up now and have Christ shine on you? Or will you retreat to the shadows there's no middle ground. There's no halfway house. There is no fence on which to sit. There is the light of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Or is, there is the darkness of, of sin in this world. Jesus said, Everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And therefore, who will you be? Where will you live? To whom will you go? To the light of the world or to the shadows of sin? Well, may God draw you irresistibly to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the light of the glory of God, in whose name we pray, amen. Amen. I want to pray for us and we're going to sing together. Father we worship you and we thank you for this glorious encouragement from your word that when we when we walk in the light we do so as those who are in fellowship with Christ. We can't produce that light by ourselves any more than a light bulb can turn itself on lord we need christ and therefore Lord, we pray as a church that we would be those who are looking to him every day with unveiled faces and that just like moses of old we would go up that mountain with fellowship with you and then shine with those faces that radiate your glory and all lord we pray you would help us in this We pray even now you would shine on the unbelievers in this room and that you would bless them and you would save them and you would cause them to go from darkness to light and from sin to his righteousness. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.